All right, everybody, welcome into another episode of the Sports Ethos Celtics podcast. Here with my co-host, Lucas Gaynor. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury. After a disappointing loss on the road to even the series up 1-1 against the Golden State Warriors, Lucas, how are you feeling now that we've waited a a day to kind of let things digest a little bit more? How are you feeling? What's kind of going on with you emotionally? You know, listen, Patrick, I'd be lying to you if I told you I was feeling if I was feeling good, man, like feeling great about the series. You know, I'm definitely not doom or gloom. I just have an uneasy feeling. That's how I would describe it. I feel pretty uneasy. But, you know, Patrick, it's still a beautiful day to be alive. So all in all, man, you know, I'm doing pretty well. But as far as the series goes, man, I'm, I'm a little uneasy. I can't I can't lie to everybody. I'm a little uneasy. man. I don't feel too great. Yeah, I mean, that's respectable. Like, you, There's definitely a reason to, to feel a little bit more uneasy about how the series is, especially losing in such an embarrassing way. Um, but I, I think there's also just a lot of things to see from this and, and be optimistic is like, this isn't the first time we've been blown out in the playoffs. Like, we've been blown out in the playoffs numerous times from different teams, and Bucks and the Heat kind of given us a beatdown at one point. So... If anything that we know best from the Celtics group is that their re- ability to respond and retaliate after uh, a loss, it sucks that it always takes a loss. And he literally talks about it every time. We got to stop letting a loss be a reason why we, we come back the next game harder. And it, it, that seems to be the thing we can't get over the hump. We always are able to play hard after a loss, but we can never follow a win with even like a nicer win. It just doesn't seem to happen for us uh, when it comes to these playoffs. So ultimately, uh, I'm not as uh, down as maybe most Celtics fans might feel. Uh, I just kind of see it as a loss, and it's like, all right, I I trust in this team to respond. 100%. Man, it's hard to doubt the Cs at this point, man. You know, they've proved so many people, including me, wrong, you know, so many times this season. And the thing I got to keep bringing myself back to to make sure I don't go doom and gloom and that, you know, I can still take a positive approach to this is that Pat, if you told me regardless of how it happened, if you told me going into game three, we would have split the first two games. I would have been happy. So I do feel good about that, but the nature in which it happened is why it's a little uneasy. But with that being said, you know, we could be down. We Pat, we're one, we're eight, three pointers away pretty much from being down two zero. So I'm glad that it's one, one going into game three, I have a chance to get a leg back up at the garden. Yeah, um, I'd feel pretty good because we did our job. Out of the first two games on the road, the objective is to steal one, right? We took care of that. We took care of that business. Now we're going back to the Garden. Uh, it's our ability to you know, see a finals uh, game in the Garden for the first time in 12 years. So we're, we're just going to have the ability now to watch the Celtics team compete the place is going to be rocking. Let's see how the Warriors respond in this type of environment because, you know, this Warrior team has a lot of experience in the NBA Finals, but I don't think they've ever experienced a crowd like the TD Garden in the Finals. So uh, that's just going to be a little different for them, uh, especially in my eyes. Uh, I don't think this is the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, crowd in a, in a Finals game. All due respect. Yeah, yeah this is not – this is not Quicken Loans Arena, you know. No disrespect to the city of Cleveland, all right, but the Garden definitely does have a different energy about it. Um, and you know, as far as playing at home, man, you know what they say: role players play better at home than they do on the road. And uh, 
you know, with that being said, they couldn't play worse no matter where they were playing than they played in game two, pretty much. I mean, we could just dive right into it, Pat. I mean, talking about game two, it was very frustrating for me to watch. I mean, I, I, I honestly, usually I feel like I've demonstrated this, you know, throughout the podcast and just how I talk about the players. I, I have a pretty long leash, you know, for how I'm willing to, you know, give players slack and stuff when they don't play well. Okay. Like, obviously, you know, you have to hold players accountable, but at the same time, you know, I'm not going to go super hard on guys. I have no excuses for, for pretty much anybody, honestly, outside of, outside of Derek White, maybe Jason Tatum, but more specifically, my guy, Marcus Smart and Al Horford. Uh, they combined for two points. I mean, Al was, in, Al was doing cardio, really, it felt like, out there. And Smart didn't make an impact except when he turned the ball over and let the Warriors get out in transition. So uh, you can kind of expand upon that, Pat, but I, I have no excuses. I think at the end of the day, those guys just need to play better. It's pretty much that simple. Yeah, Marcus Smart, Al Horford. Uh, the one guy that I, I feel like kind of gets a little bit of a pass in a sense was was Robert Williams, you know, guy who's playing on one leg. You know, we, we talk about how he's out there and if you're out there, we're expecting you to compete. But, man, there's a reason why he played 14 minutes and he only had – the crazy part is Robert Williams played 14 minutes, Al Horford played 28, and they finished with the same amount of points. And for me, Al Horford definitely has to be better. He didn't take a shot until the third quarter. Um, needs to be more aggressive stop being so passive at times. There's a couple of moments where I thought he was under the rim and they, they were so quick at just getting the ball out to the perimeter. It's like, sometimes it's like, man, if you're under the rim, like what big man on the, on the warrior scares you? Like there's, there shouldn't be any that scare Al Horford with his type of pedigree. Uh, definitely expecting Al Horford to be way better than this game. I think this will be Al Horford's worst game of the series. Um, I hope so. One of four, two points, eight rebounds, only one assist. There's definitely more that he can contribute in this game. And the fact that there was a, an outlier to, uh, of kind of some hope in this being a blowout. Al Horford was only uh, playing 28 minutes. Jalen Brown only played 28 minutes. Tatum uh, with the most minutes at 34. Uh, that's a lot of rest for these guys. So I think getting some rest and three days off is definitely going to do well for him. Uh, Marcus Smart, though, was god-awful in this game. He just did not look like he was playing his game correctly. He had five uh, turnovers to his five assists, so just not a good ratio there. Um, and he, he also only had those two points, man. It really needs to come down to him being a little bit more aggressive, but also smarter with the basketball, with uh, no pun intended there. Uh, Marcus Smart, you know, if you're going to be the, the leader of the offense – as the point guard, we've seen you been able to like take over games in a sense and and really get the ball moving and get guys flowing. But it was really clear that they took, you know, you cut the head of the snake off and the rest of it just kind of falls apart. You know, we saw a lot of one pass possessions, very ugly possessions throughout the game. And that's not gonna, you know, counter for winning basketball. And there's a big reason why the Celtics were were really struggling. Yeah, man. I mean, we saw in the Miami series you don't really want Jason and Jalen bringing the ball up the floor for a lot of possessions, you know, and, you know, helping the Celtics get into their offense as, you know, the primary playmaker or primary play initiator, you know, that's what smart needs to do. And like you said, they threw him off his game. He wasn't getting guys the ball in the right spots. He had some just mind numbing turnovers. Uh, You know, at least the smart haters can't say he shot us out of this one because he barely even shot the ball. So 
you know, that's pretty much the only good thing you can take from Smart's game. But he was bad, man. He, him and Al, I just – I have no excuses. I mean, they were just bad. Um, I think we can kind of talk. So the Golden State switched their matchups a little bit. So they put Draymond more on JB instead of Clay, And they put Clay on Horford. And Horford's going to have to be able to do something. He's going to either have to make somebody come over and help or he's going to be have to capitalize on scoring opportunities – uh, if Clay's guarding him, you know, and get the, and get the Warriors' defense rotating with the Celtics moving the ball around, um, which Patrick, you know, I know you touched on this and you can kind of expand on it. Moving the ball around is something that's going to be very, very important going into Game Three and honestly the rest of the series here. Yeah, ball movement is going to be super crucial for this team because, like we said, when, when you see a lot of possessions where you end up just getting one pass and then there's a shot up. There's no flow. Uh, I also got to give credit to the Golden State Warriors. I thought they did really good job of bothering the Celtics and knocking them out of their comfort zone early on. Uh, kind of like a, a key thing that happened, even though that you know we started out on a pretty good run to start the game. You know, fifth, it was like a thirteen or fifteen to three run or something like that to start the game. You had the first possession where Draymond just grabs the the ball from Al Horford and forces a jump ball, even though we end up winning that jump ball, it was just kind of a, an indication that like, all right, the Warriors are showing up today. Like they are coming in to bother you, disrupt you, anything they can to get in your head. And Draymond set the tone uh, as annoying as some people might want to say is illegal. Some of the things he did, or you thought he should have you know been ejected, whatever your, your thing is. He played in, this game throughout and made sure that he was impactful even when he wasn't touching the basketball. And he really got under the skin of not only some of the Celtics players, but I think he even got under the skin of Ime and Ime made some comments as well uh, as about Draymond's play. And, and just also we saw Ime get a very uncharacteristic um, technical foul during this game, which uh, I, t- I text Lucas. I said, man, it's very rare that you get Ime kind of irritated. So uh, just kind of overall, the the Warriors just came out and messed with the mentality of the Celtics, and ultimately the Celtics were never able to kind of gather their mentality back, and, and things got ugly pretty quick. I mean, you could definitely tell the Warriors came with that energy early. Um, you know, I kind of dropped that note to you in that first quarter, and even though this, even though the uh... – Actually, I think I just tweeted it out. I didn't maybe text it to you. But even though the Celtics were winning the game, like you said, from that that jump ball on, you could tell the Warriors were going to get up in the Celtics airspace. They were not going to make things comfortable. There was not going to be wide open threes like there was in game one. And uh, like you said, you know, Draymond, okay, you want to talk about the technical foul. You want to talk about his antics. You want to talk about the bad whistle. Okay, uh, at the end of the day, man, the Celtics kind of got punked. You know, they did not respond. With that, you know, toughness, energy, you know, they kind of were just, you know, they would complain to the officials. Now, rightfully so, maybe. Okay, but, you know, I don't really like to debate that, okay? Bad refereeing is just something I factor into the equation. Now, this was maybe excessively bad, okay, but it's not why the Celtics lost. I'm never going to blame – I'll pretty much never blame the referees for why a team lost. Um, but the Celtics kind of got punked, man. They didn't come back with that energy. You know, the Draymond brought straight to them. You know, pretty much only Jalen did. I got to give Jalen props for that. Um, but nobody else really did. So, you know, I think the Celtics need to come out here game three. And, you know, their personality has to match their physical style of play, I think, here. They cannot get 
little broed, for lack of a better term here, by Draymond and the Warriors again, you know, as far as mentality is concerned. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to get a little little fun take out here real quick. Uh, hopefully you don't have the box score right in front of you, but who do you think who do you think do was the worst plus minus Jason on the team Tatum. and the best and who was the best plus minus? So Jason Tatum was the worst plus minus. And if I had to guess the best plus minus Okay, can you at least tell me is it a scrub? Okay, I shouldn't say scrub. Is it a bench player? I'm not. I'm no comment. I got. I got. You're talking about on the Celtics, right? On the Celtics, yes. On the Celtics. Um, it's Luke Cornett. How about that? It was my boy Aaron Neesmith, baby. Let's oh. go. <laughs> That's why if I give you any hint, man, I was gonna oh. like, I was gonna give too much. He I was, was gonna say your excitement, have, your excitement would have taken over there. Um. Yes, yes, it was plus ten, but uh, no. Jason Tatum had a record-breaking, uh, you know, worst plus minus uh, in a game, and it was awful. Minus thirty-six, and the crazy part about it was like I didn't even think he was deserving of it. Uh, he just was out there trying to carry the lineups at the times when he was playing, and it just was not. It was just not falling for it, man. Like he he was carrying though, eight of nineteen, six of nine from three. You know, he had twenty eight points. He was still kind of doing his thing. He he definitely didn't, you know, pass well though. That's that was the thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you Jason Tatum played an amazing game, okay? But that's why when people when you look at individual plus minus, you got to understand that that's not always a great representation of what that player did because Jason was our best player, and everybody else around him when he was on the floor did very little. So while I 100% think Jason needs to play better, and I 100% think he can play better, and he made mistakes, single game plus minus is not entirely indicative of the player's performance, and that's why it's a little fishy. But if Jason Tatum is a minus 36, I mean, you can forget about it. (laughs) Especially when he's not playing terrible. Right. Yeah, you can absolutely forget about winning that game. And honestly, when you turn the ball over as many times as the Celtics did, you know, the, uh, the person who taught me basketball, really, my trainer growing up, he said, you got to treat the basketball like a baby. You got to take care of it. And, you know, wh- like you can't throw it away. You got to treat it. You got to treat it right at every second, you know, and, and treat it like it's precious. And uh, the Celtics did pretty much the exact opposite of that. I don't think, you know, I don't, uh, we don't need to dive too deep into the turnovers. I mean, it's a, it's a continuous problem. If they continue to turn the ball over like this, the Warriors specifically are going to make them pay in ways that other teams they've played have not. So if they continue to turn the ball over, man, it's going to be almost, it's going to be damn near impossible to win games. If you turn the ball over, you know, 12, 15, and what do they have? 19 in this game, I think, Pat. Uh, I believe they have 19. So if you have like, I mean, if you're just upwards of 13, 14 uh, and up turnovers, against the Warriors, you know, they're going to, they're going to really punish you in transition. You know, they have obviously have the shooters um, and, you know, they can also just generate easy looks and transition better than any team we've played really. 18 turnovers. 18. Okay. So yeah, I mean, if you're in that range, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not going to work out for you. Guess how much they had in the first quarter. How many turnovers the Celtics had in the first quarter? Yep. Six. Close. It was seven. How many fouls did they have in the first quarter? Six. Eight. Oh my god! Seven turnovers, eight fouls in the first okay. quarter, and they were only you know, down one after that quarter, which is absolutely insane. They should have been down way more. But the- I am going to say it, though. I am going to say it. Okay, I know I'll, I'll never blame the refs. The refs are not why the Celtics lost. There were some ridiculous calls in this game early in the game. Just ridiculous. Yeah, I got Grant say, Williams was in that I first quarter. This, the the Jalen Brown one. <laughs> See, the Jalen one for me is like I don't think. 
necessarily should have been a foul, but he clipped him, you know, accidentally and barely, but he clipped him. He did clip him. But the, the Grant one, the, I, the, you cannot make an argument to me that that's a foul on Grant. Okay. You know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm looking through the green team goggles. Okay. But, you know, I hate to really do this with the refs, but the refs were uh, just atrocious early. And, uh, you know, we might as well just dive into the double technical. So, um, Draymond and or or what should have been the double technical? You or, mean? Yeah, yeah, the the uh, the potential the potential for double technical. So for me, right, here's how I look at it. Obviously, Draymond had the tech. Him and Jalen, you know, collide. There's the little, you know, kick if you want to call it while they're on the ground. Okay, and honestly, it kind of seemed like Jalen was like baiting him a little bit. But um, what was awkward to me is that Steve Javi, you know, the NBA official, you know, head of officials or whatever in New York came on and said that there's different criteria for a player's second technical than first technical. Now that I do not agree with. If a player deserves a technical foul, they should get a technical foul. That's on the refs to be more consistent. However, however, that's that's the thing right there, right? Consistency. Isn't that the one thing too? I told you about the refs that irritate me the most is just be, just be consistent. And then, but, but however, this is going to be an unpopular take, you know, probably with you and among some of our listeners is that uh, I don't believe that to me, that would have been a soft ejection. That would have been a soft second tech. And I feel like if the roles were reversed and, and say Jalen Brown had a technical in that situation and he maybe was the aggressor Celtics fans and he did what Draymond did, they would have called it a soft, a soft ejection too. So for me, I really am not super upset and didn't want to harp on the fact that Draymond didn't get ejected. But Steve Javi saying that the criteria is different for the second technical, I was like, how, how do you say that out loud on the broadcast? You know, like you, that's the example, like I saw on Twitter, you know, someone said that's the example of uh, saying the quiet part out loud. And that's, you, you can't say it any better than that. No, I mean, that's, that's him openly admitting that like, Hey, you know, just because it, they found like a little cheat in the system. It's like, go get your tech early. And then you kind of get away. Your leash gets a little longer instead of shorter for that second tech. And I think it's fair to say that like, if that was Draymond's first tech, you give both those players a tech, right? And nobody blinks an eye. You get one tech, Draymond gets one tech and you guys are good. Um, and I think even you, you wouldn't, you may even think that may have been a soft tech, but at the same time, it's like, Cool, makes sense. They're both kind of chipping at each other. It's unnecessary, getting a little ugly, not really basketball. Give them both a a T right there. So um, that's my thing is this, the consistency is so bad sometimes with the refereeing. But uh, I, I don't know. I thought Draymond should have been ejected. He wasn't ejected. They let a lot of his antics go. Um, that, there's at times I felt like he really wasn't playing basketball. We heard all of his – I mean, he could talk all he wants – Talk is all going to be talk. That's part of the game. I don't want nobody to get cheated over talking. It's just my thing is that I thought he got away with a lot of things. Running over Grant Williams, you know, uh, I almost feel like they gave him the first tech because they missed that. I don't know if that was it, but, like, he was all up in Grant's face after that as well. And it, it was just kind of like at times not even basketball. Um, so that that's where my things kind of stood. But overall, the the team needs to be better mentally – at responding and things like that. And if I'm Marcus Smart now, when I see the type of things that Draymond is getting away with in that game, I'm now testing that line in game three. Cool. You don't want to eject a guy for, for doing some antics like this. 
if I'm smart, I'm like, all right, let me let me go ahead and see what I'm allowed to get away with because smart is able to get to that level too. So we have a guy who could do things like that. Can I counter too. though? I don't want it to be smart because I want smart to be even keeled. I want it to be Grant. That's that would be my counter to that because smart, as we know, you know, he's prone to. He's a human being, and you know the emotion he plays with is what makes him such a good player, right? And I want Smart to be a not not necessarily even like like monotone or anything or like robot like, but I want him, you know, cool, making the right decisions. So let our version of Draymond Green, Pat, go in there, throw some elbows, man. Maybe shove somebody, okay? Put your hand in his chest, you know, make life hell for whoever you're in front of, because the Celtics gotta gotta res- respond because. I mean, it sounds like kind of like I'm telling them to stoop to Draymond's level, and that's kind of exactly what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> I want that's exactly what I'm saying because uh, Draymond, you know, that's he did what he wanted to do. He got on the Celtics' head for the most part. I mean, he got in the referee's head too. You could possibly say, but I just think I would rather have Grant. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, I would rather have Grant get in there and muck it up because if Smart is like getting hot and doing like, you know, maybe some extracurricular activities out there on the court. Maybe he's not entirely focused on making the right play every time. And maybe I'm selling him a little short, but I would rather have him. Uh... See, and I, and I understand I understand the part of like preference-wise, I definitely would rather it be Grant, but I don't think Grant has that type of pedigree to get away with it. So I think in this scenario, like Smart's also going to be the type of guy who can pretty much match the minutes with Draymond, right? Draymond could be out there for 35 minutes. You can't really match that energy with Grant if Grant's playing 18. Like, you just can't get it. If you're playing almost half the amount of time, you need somebody out there who's consistently being a pest, consistently being a dog, right? So uh, as much as, like, we want Marcus Mark to be keen and cool, I want him to be nasty on the defensive side and be calm on the offensive side. That's where I want him. I want him to mix it. I want him to mix it. Mix it in. Be a dog on the defensive side. Be aggressive. Dive. Loose balls. Be a pest. Get tangled up with people. I, and then on the offensive side, be calm. But I also I want him to be aggressive in the sense of like, I just got to switch on Curry. Get me in the post. I want to bully Curry and and make it clear and bark at him after I bully him type stuff. Like that's the type of smart I want unlocked is is a smart who is just going to be a bully. And we've seen him do that before, and it's worked out in our favor. So. Uh, my thing is Marcus Smart has to be the one to match Draymond simply because uh, the minutes, how they line up. Like, it has to be smart. It has to be somebody who that. is in the game a little longer. I get that. You know, I still want Grant to – I honestly actually probably want Grant to play a little bit more. Okay. You know, Rob was out there today, you know, in the garden doing some doing some exercise and balances, exercising on his legs. So, you know – Looked pretty good. He was throwing the ball around while he was bouncing on, you know, the bounce ball with one leg. You know, I, I assume he'll play. Maybe he won't play big minutes, but I want our big man rotation to consist largely of Al, Robin, Grant. I do not want to see Tice out there, so maybe a little uptick for Grant in minutes would not hurt. Um, and we definitely need an uptick in quality of play from Grant. I mean, he's got to play better. I think Grant is one guy who is – I wouldn't necessarily call him the X factor – but he's like an unsung player here who's got to step up um, because Grant was huge for us against Milwaukee. You know, I know everybody remembers that. Um, and, you know, he's got to be able to – a couple times he hesitated here in game two. Man, don't try and make a play off the dribble, Grant. 
if you're open and you have a guy closing out late, I I think I speak for most fans and maybe you, Pat, that I trust him to hit an open three-pointer. If a guy's closing out pretty late, you know, obviously I don't want him taking like a contested three, but if he if he's open, man, he can let it fly because he's a knockdown shooter. So, you know, that's what he turned himself into. So I'm okay with Grant being out there, and that's going to stretch the defense a little bit more because they're obviously going to have to respect Grant more than they respect Tice. Take a couple threes early in the game. Obviously, you want to knock them down, but, you know, get guys closing out to you. Then you swing the ball. You know, there's a little more space in the paint. So I would like to see a little more Grant. And honestly, I wonder if he ends up starting with Rob Will coming off the bench since he is now listed as questionable. But I guess we'll have to wait and see for uh, Wednesday night. Yeah, we, we saw uh, Robert Williams kind of really dragging himself up and down the court. He kind of seemed like really not himself. And to our surprise as well, I thought that, uh, and we talked about this prior, but Al Horford looked the worst still. And it was so bad. I don't understand what kind of happened with them because uh, Al Horford got matched up with Clay Thompson a lot. And uh, for me, that that should be a favorable matchup, but it seemed like that was like a, a mismatch and, and Al couldn't take advantage of it. He didn't take a shot until that third quarter, but we need Al to be a bit more aggressive and, and look for his shot. If they're going to throw guys at you like Clay Thompson in the post and and then you have the opportunity, like in that game, I know he uh, had Curry on him and, and he came up short on a, on a bucket, man. You got to hit those. Like those are matchups that you need to take advantage of. And uh, I just need a little bit more out of Al Horford, especially with how Robert Williams' injury is right now. So um, I, I just hope that I hope that we're able to accommodate to that and see more uh, – Al Horford being aggressive with the basketball because when he's got it going too, it opens up so much more for the Celtics and allows us to be such more of a threat. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that one. You know, Rob, he definitely didn't look great. Hopefully he looks a little bit better here on Wednesday night, but it's hard to hold out hope for that. Just given the situation he's in, you know, he's still somewhat rehabbing that injury. Obviously he's back and playing. So he did the rehab, but he, it's pretty clear. He's not at a hundred percent. And, you know, Robert is – listen, even when he was hobbled, man, he's out there changing shots at the rim and blocking shots still. So Yeah, he wouldn't be playing if it was regular season, though. Let's be real. It's the truth. I, I would say that's the truth. But the thing is, is he, we do lose something when Rob is not in there as far as rim protection is concerned, whether he's hobbled or not, right? So I just wonder how he looks. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. It's kind of a wait and see thing. You know, I'm not no doctor. I don't want to try and diagnose what I saw last game. We'll just wait for – for game three, but uh, Pat, I kind of want to touch on the Warriors side. You got just quick, like, do you got anything else you want to say about Rob or Grant or uh, the big man rotation we got? Um, let's see. I, I don't really have much now. I was going to go into like the third quarter, the, the third quarter where we scored 14, four, yeah, we 14 ahead, points ahead, in the third quarter, man. Like, terrible. 14 points. You, you're telling me that the, we're going to get outscored 35 14 in the third quarter. Yeah, that's. That's not going to end up being good. And then I think, you know, Jordan Poole with the ending to to that third quarter as well was just ridiculous, right? The cherry on top, some would say. Yeah, it was just a ridiculous. They they buried the Celtics in that third quarter and pretty much put the lead so out of reach that they're like, yeah, no fourth quarter miracle comeback is even possible for you now. And 
ultimately led to Ime pulling the starters pretty early in this game with like 10 minutes left in the fourth. But I think it was a smart call to get these guys rest and focus on send a message too, and say that that's not okay. You know, those turnovers are not okay. Having 16 turnovers in three quarters is, is trash, you know? Yeah, no, I I honestly, I will rarely agree with pulling the starters early, but this was a situation where I was fully on board with it. And just to touch, you know, that Jordan pull three, it was ridiculous. You know, Jordan pull really got going in that third quarter. I mean, he played terrible in game one. I would say I would, I think terrible is pretty fair for his standards. You know, he's a good player. And uh, I thought that maybe this just wasn't the series for him to really make an impact. And he came out in game two and was much smarter with the ball in his hands. He still had a couple mistakes here and there, but he was much more decisive, a little bit more under control. And what my eyes told me was that it made a big difference, okay? When he was finding the right guy, he was more in control attacking the rim. He wasn't just doing some and one mixtape moves, which he is very capable of. Okay. He's one of my, he's literally one of my favorite players. People are not going to like to hear that, but you know, I just thought he was way more under control in this game. And I think maybe I was a little ahead of myself thinking that he would be absolute, not an absolute non-factor, but I thought he was going to be less of a factor in the series. And I think I just jumped out a little bit ahead of myself with that. Um, And I'm not saying that he's going to be okay. He's going to be consistently doing what he did last night. You know, I think there's going to be moments and probably some games where he's rattled again, but he did prove to me that, you know, okay, he was capable of slowing himself down, making the right decision and, you know, making himself a threat. Even when he was not scoring early in the game, he made the Warriors more dangerous because we had to pay a little bit more attention to the actions he was involved in, you know, when he was running a screen and roll or coming off a pin down or, or just, you know, had the ball in his hands really and was attacking. Um, opened up room for other guys. Uh, so I just wanted to give Jordan Poole some props there. And then on the other end of the spectrum, Pat, you know, the second splash brother. Okay. Um, we don't need to talk about Steph Curry. Steph Curry was great offensive defense. I think we know who Steph Curry is at this point, uh, but Clay Thompson, man, really, really, really struggled. Um, you know, I feel like every shot he took was contested. You know, he's getting to his spots, but still, you know, he's taking contested jumpers and Pat, I love how we're Dean him up and stuff, but I just can only help but think one of these flamethrower performances is coming from Clay. Um, yeah, you, you definitely are expecting a, a game from Clay where he really is going to be impactful. But I will say this, man, that they even kept him in against some, you know, against our, our bench and they try to let Thompson get a little bit of rhythm and he, he still couldn't find the net, man. He had some tough shots um just miss he was airballing it's honestly it's a lot like these final series the the level of competition and condition to play at this this level is is different right like it's the same uh, I, I feel like the regular season for nba players is like pickup ball for a normal person and then the finals and playoffs are like when you play an organized game <laughs> like that's the level of condition. That's the conditioning level difference, right? And I think Clay is is really feeling the effects of you know coming back from that injury at this time. I think there's a possibility. Don't get me wrong, of him getting a flame game. I just don't know how much likely it is, just because of the injury history and the level of conditioning and just craziness of the NBA Finals it puts on your body. So. Uh, I mean, I'm relatively low on clay at this point. You know, I feel like compared to consensus, especially right now coming back mid season, but 
just one of those things, dude. The guy's such a good shooter. He's put in so much work that he, he's just so capable of having even even Pat if it was a seven minute stretch, right? Where he goes five of seven, four 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 from three, five of seven from the field, something like that. Like I just I know that's coming at some point, and if it doesn't come, then you know we got blessed, okay. But I just I just feel like I know that it's going to happen at some point, some little stretch like that, maybe not five of seven or four of four, like I said specifically. But I know some stretch like that. I just feel like it's coming. And also, I just want to say uh, to your analogy, um, the conditioning difference from organized basketball to pickup basketball is ridiculous because. Once you go against a guy wearing ASICs who's running full speed in the fourth quarter and you're gassed, it's it's very humbling. It's a very humbling experience. You know, I've had that happen to me. So I think that was a uh, the apt an apt analogy. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, it, my, my thing was more so like uh, if you're an organized player and all you've been doing for the last two months has been playing street ball and then you go back to like your season, it's more so of like a, a player who plays off season, you know, and – it's like, oh, yeah, coach, I'm in shape. I'm in shape. And then goes into the first round of the ball. It's like, I'm not in shape. I'm not in shape. So it was more so in, in that regards. But No, no, I, yeah, I knew what you meant. And I, I just think it, was a good, I think it was a good analogy. I just, you know, yeah, I've and, done that. I've gone from going to play pickup to playing organized basketball. And, oh, brother. It's, it's tough. And you thought you were like, oh, yeah, I could play organized ball. You're like, I've been bowling for months. You know, I've been at the park like three, four times a week. Easy. And you go out there, you're like, man, five minutes into a game, you're like, whew, this is different levels. Men's league, yeah. Men's league is different, but we nobody cares. Nobody's here to listen to our men's league. I don't think so. Sorry, <laughs> no, for going on that tangent, no. But, uh, the the most. Uh, oh, I was gonna. No, go ahead, go ahead, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay, the the most the most important guy I think for the Warriors in this game though wasn't even anybody like who was a big star name and. Come on, Looney. It, it wasn't even Looney. It wasn't even Looney. Oh, Gary Payton. The guy who impacted this game was Gary Payton. Gary Payton was playing great defense, minimal. To no mistakes and just played an overall really sound game. Like him being out there instead of Iggy or, you know, somebody else, like it was just huge. And then Otto Porter coming in and still hitting a three pointer. God, man, I thought he was going to like not be as impactful either, but he just ended up doing that shot. I know he's only one of one that game, but that three pointer felt like it was like just knock the wind out of you sometimes and you're just like wow man like he's hitting you got gary payton hitting in the corner you see pool get going in the third and it's just like it just started raining man it was it started with a couple drizzles and then started coming down pouring rain and the, the celtics were unfortunately caught without an umbrella yeah and i feel like the warriors man when it rains it pours man and I can tell you, Pat, the second that ball left Jordan Poole's hand at the end of the third, I knew it was going through the net. I just knew it, man. I, I said to my dad, I'm like, that's going in. And then swish. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, all I was going to say earlier is we don't, there's not too much to say about the fourth quarter, is there? I mean, no. It, like you said, it, we pulled the starters early. Luke Cornett got minutes. Aaron Neesmith was a plus 10. Um, that's I, liked, I liked Aaron Neesmith's energy, though, man. He came in with it some energy. I, I wish we used him earlier. Uh, as soon as uh, Draymond was using some antics, man, why not throw Aaron E. Smith out there just to be – and it, people would have been like, oh, he's just trying to match Draymond's energy to people who don't watch the Celtics. And I've been like, no, Aaron E. Smith is just being Aaron E. Smith right now. We needed some of that. His nickname is Crash. His nickname is Crash for a reason. And, Pat, I hate to admit this to you, but you're going to love to hear this. I literally said to my dad, maybe we should see some of him in game three. You know, that could have been – Just like three minutes. Could've three minutes. Beer talking, okay, but I did like his energy and – I don't know. I don't know if that's going to really bear itself out, though, because 
it sounds like it would be so nice every time and then it happens and nothing good happens in those three minutes. So I think it was really just the situation talking and, uh, but I, I wouldn't hate a little Aaron Neesmith stint, I guess, just to, just to throw a little energy out just, there. Just a test, throw a little wrench out there. Right. Like, but, dude, it's way, it's a sounds better than it always is. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. But, I definitely want to see just just a little squeeze of Aaron e. Smith. You know, maybe the lemon ends up uh, a little lemon drop ends up in the the eye of the defender. Maybe it misses and doesn't affect anything, but uh, there's still a chance. And I want to see a little bit of Aaron e. Smith get an opportunity. And then and, and then and then maybe the lemon juice squeezes and it goes into our own eyes. Actually, that's that's yeah. Those, there's only two options here, right? I think it either squeezes into our own eyes or it gets into the defender. So uh, that'd be interesting. Yeah. But uh, I think, you know, when we're talking about Aaron Neesmith minutes, you know, I feel like uh, you got anything else basically is what I'm trying to ask. <laughs> um, let's let's talk about game three. Let's let's move on uh, from the game two. Let's talk about game three. We go back to the garden. I'm, just, I'm telling uh, you right now, Pat, I don't have a prediction. I don't have one. No, no, but it doesn't matter about not having one. You got to find one right now. You got to dig in. <laughs> what is your what is your gut say right now? And it could change tomorrow. So we won't hold you to it, but we got to hear something. My gut. No, but this one I don't. It's telling me nothing. I have no idea. Okay, so so the mind. If you were, if you're somebody came to you and says you have to bet your life and you have to make a prediction right now, what are you doing? Are you are you putting it on the okay, Warriors? Well, I'll tell you what. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Warriors at plus one forty. I think I saw today. That's what I'm doing. And uh, but if I'm if I'm betting my life on it, dude, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the Warriors. Uh, hopefully, like I said, I hopefully I'm wrong, but I'm gonna take the Warriors here in Game Three. I, as much as I hate my to life, say that, dude, uh, uh, it's just how I'm feeling. My life on the line, my my body on the line. There's no person that I'm going to trust more in this like world Curry. than sorry. Marcus Smart. Oh yes, I love that. Marcus Smart is going to be a pest of a guy in this game three. And the best of a guy. Yeah, he's gonna be annoying. You think Draymond was annoying for the Warriors in game two? I'm expecting Marcus Smart to be twice that in game three. I think he's gonna have the ability to be everywhere. He's gonna get under the skin of everyone. I, I hope Steve Kerr starts barking at him again or something. That'd be just awesome. Uh, I want to see Marcus Smart everywhere, want his fingerprints all over the game. I got the Celtics calling out. A very slim victory here uh, at home in Game Three. I'm going to go with like a 104 to 101 victory. So, can I, am I allowed to put a stipulation in? What's your stipulation? If Smart gets 18 and six, I think we win this game. Okay, he hits those thresholds, right? So he has to. He has to hit on both those, right? Yes, yes, not individually. So he can't be have to... 17 and 10. He can't have like a 17 and 10 game. I mean, listen, obviously, okay, if he's in that range, I should say, okay, because 17 and 10 is, you know, better than 18 and 6. So, you know what I'm saying? But just in that range, like he's got to be around the 20-point range and above. How about, I'll just say around around 20 points and above six assists, and he's got to keep the turnovers down. I I really think that's going to have to happen for us to win. And now I could be totally off base because maybe Derek White is the one who ends up initiating the offense and scoring and, you know, doing the assisting and smart can just focus on defense. Okay. I think that's a possibility, but I feel like smart's going to really have to contribute on the offensive end in order for the Celtics to pull out this game three. 
And I'll tell you what, Pat, this is a massive game um, because uh, because I don't want to – even though I picked – like I'm saying I think the Warriors are going to win, facing a potential 3-1 deficit is something I do not want to have to go through, and I know the Celtics don't want to have to go through that either. And, it, and my thing is the Warriors steal a road game in every playoff series, right? They always do it. And, uh, you know, maybe the Celtics – Maybe the Celtics can take this game, and then the Warriors take game four. Maybe the Celtics go up 3-1, Warriors win game five, and then the road game they steal is game six. But I have a feeling that, you know, if there's a chance to win two in a row, it's right now here for the Warriors, and I and I feel like they capitalize on it, and they win game three, and they go up 2-1, and then hopefully the Celtics have to respond here in game four. But we'll see. Yeah, man, uh, I, we got different predictions here. Hopefully uh, you're wrong and I'm right. Um, that would be the best case scenario in this in this case, but uh, definitely if you haven't already, make sure you guys head over to Spotify and Apple Podcast. Make sure you guys leave a five star rating and then leave a written review. That helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter at Ball and Opinions for me at Luca underscore Gainer for Lucas, and then you can also follow the show at Ethos Celtics as well as we tweet out during the game. Please make sure you guys also download that Spotify live app so you guys can come in here and join us when we go live in the app and you guys can listen to the show live and also ask questions. Absolutely. I was going to, I'm glad you just brought that up because I was going to say, you know, download the Spotify live app, make your account. And then, you know, I'm just at Lucas and Pat is at ball and opinion. So follow us. And when we go live, you'll get a notification because I understand it's, it's probably pretty tough for people to, you know, because it's not, we're not on an exact schedule. You know, games are played on different days. We record at different times. So download the Spotify live app. You can follow me. Um, Pat is a picture of Derek White. I am a picture of a guy from an anime show. Um, so I'm at Lucas. Pat's at Bond Opinions. Go ahead and follow us. And then you'll get a notification when we go live. And uh, you'll be able to tune in, maybe ask some questions. We'll try and respond to people in the chat too. And if we got time, we'll bring you up on stage and get some thoughts, especially if it's a post-game show. That's what we like to do, you know, get some media post-game thoughts, you know, and hopefully we're coming back here and I'm admitting how shamefully wrong I was for, you know, saying I think the Warriors were going to get game three. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yes, sir, man. So we will catch you guys after game three of the NBA Finals. Let's go Celtics. Let's try to get this dub and go up to one. Yes, sir. Go Celtics.